everybody to Blissfully Aware, the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in fandom and nerd news in general. I am Bliss, and as always, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kelty and Kendra. Hello. Hello. And this week, I'm going to cut immediately to our special on-the-ground correspondent, Dr. General Major Supernatural Expert. (laughs) Hello, Major. Hello. That's quite a lot of titles. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. How have you been? Uh, Thank you. I've been good. Supernatural never sleep. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I I hear there's been some news. (laughs) Yes. Let's start off with something intriguing and happy... On AO3 recently, the Dean Cass pairing was the first ship to reach 100,000 stories. Oh, so it's not, not even not even fix for Supernatural, specifically yeah, for the for Dean, Dean Cass, Cass pairing. pairing. Yeah, which um, obviously huh. tickled Misha Collins, who tweeted out about it. Um, he was very excited. He included in his tweet a screen cap, which tells on him a little bit if this is indeed his screen cap. Somebody pointed out that it's only the the pairing has only reached 100,000 fix on AO3 if you're logged into an account. And the screenshot that he posted includes the favorite tag button, which is also something that you can only see if you're logged into an account. So this lends credence to the fandom-wide notion that he quite possibly has an AO3 account and may be leaving people kudos or commenting. I believe that. Yeah, I would believe that 100%. I do love his tweet, though. His tweet, though, he says, Speaking of numbers, Dean Cass fanfics have reached the milestone of being the first quote, ship with 100,000 plus stories. Fucking old man. I have to admit, I like being on top. He's just always like this, from what I know. He's just always been like this, just innuendos with his fandom, just happy to be famous. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, he's right, Cass is a top. No, I won't be taking arguments. Yeah, that, that's the main point there. He's a top truther. <laughs> Well, yes, because again, based on my limited supernatural knowledge, Dean is a sub. Is this is like the subbiest man of all time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're not alone in thinking Aww. that. Well, speaking of being the subbiest person on the planet, uh, Major, you did you just imply that I'm also very subby? <laughs> you're very submissive say. and breedable, right? <laughs> oh, no, no, oh, my God. I hate that. <laughs> I hated I saying hated it. That. <laughs> um, anyway, there's been a fan fiction related drama, and Major, I've brought Kerfuffle. you on to report from the trenches. So, this did, in fact, start off kind of in the supernatural fandom. August 4th at Kokum Royley on Twitter posted I read nonfiction, fiction, and fan fiction. I don't discriminate great stories. What I do despise is plagiarism. Color me surprised when I bought Paid to Kneel by Romilly King. It seemed so familiar. This tweet includes several screenshots, and more screenshots follow. Over 30 side-by-side pages 
from a Ramilly King book placed next to a supernatural fanfic. The fanfic is the Dean Cass fic, If You Hurt Me, That's Okay, Baby, by Blue Jack. The lines are, some of them are verbatim. There's, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's Yeesh. evidence presented by these screenshots that... The storyline is the same, the dialogue is very similar, if not verbatim, the names have been changed. I, I pulled one line in particular, Bliss. Yeah, this one is verbatim. So from the book, they say, Look at me, the Emperor said. Richard's head snapped up before he even realized what he was doing. Good. Keep your eyes on me. Can you do that? And from the fic... Look at me, the buyer said, and Castiel's head snapped up before he even realized what he was doing. Good. Keep your eyes on me. Can you do that? So, exactly yeah. the same. Exactly the same. And, and, oh. and so this book, was this like an Amazon self-published title shindig? Yes. So this was a, yeah, a Kindle Direct Publishing KDP um, offering from Romilly King, I went and I looked and into the um, publishing information. All of Romilly's works can be found on Amazon, and most are part of the Kindle Unlimited program, Amazon UK, Amazon USA. So this was self-published. There's no publishing house connected to it. I do want to point out that Kokum's first move was to contact Blue Jack, the author of the Dean Cass fanfic, and make sure that they were not Romilly King. Good, safe mm -hmm. first step. They wanted yeah. to make sure. Who is Romilly King? Romilly well, King why? is the quote-unquote romance author uh, on Amazon. Okay. Not really the author, the plagiarist. Yes. Yeah. Blue Jack is the fic writer. They mm -hmm. did respond and... They confirmed that they were unaware of the book, confirmed that they did not give permission for their text to be used, and they filed a plagiarism claim with Amazon. Subsequently, the text copy of Paid to Neil was pulled, but the audiobook remained for the time being. I cannot imagine, like, listening to a romance book in audiobook form. Me either. No. Like, I understand there are people who for accessibility reasons need that i personally cannot imagine no i think the only time i did that was well it wasn't romance no it was podfic and i was on a very extremely long drive and it was the only way to keep my senses perked i guess shall we say? <laughs> yes for sure, for sure. <laughs> podfic also sounds um, like something i would hate but to each their own yeah. Well, I mean, hey, personally, you know, people have recorded my fanfics and it knocked my socks off after I get over the mortification of hearing my own words come out of somebody else's yeah. mouth. Then it's really <laughs> cool. Would, yeah, I feel like I would have the same reaction if somebody recorded yeah. I'd be like, oh god, oh god, okay, well, that's neat. So, after this post... Um, after Blue Jack confirmed that they didn't approve this, fandom starts talking. Supernatural fandom is obviously big. <laughs> big. This story has actually surprisingly not gone too far. As of today, there are less than 3,000 retweets and less than 4,000 likes on Kokum Royley's wow. original post. Yeah, it doesn't have great circulation, um, which I 
I personally, I think it's it's pretty important for us to be talking about it for that very reason. For sure. For the record, I will go ahead and retweet that on the show's Twitter, and I encourage people to circulate the news. It's yeah, definitely. It's something we should be aware That's of. Normal, so. Yeah, especially because the whole truce, I guess, between corporate IP holders and fanfic writers is that they don't sue us anymore because it would be, well, you know, it would be a waste of money to to sue everyone. And also, we writers are not profiting off these works. Like, we don't sell them or we don't charge for them. We post them for free, largely. And that's sort of the truce that exists currently between, like, American intellectual property rights holders and fandom. So for someone to take that writing and then actually turn a profit on it, like, steal it, and then publish it for money, is pretty bad. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty bad. Like, (laughs) writing takes a lot of time and effort and creative focus. And even for fanfic, even if it's for a dumb fanfic, like, even if it's not a huge hundred thousand word genre sprawling AU, it... It's still something that otherwise you would be getting paid for. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and and fan fanfic writer, any fan artist should be livid about this. Oh, about, I would be. about the fact yes. that somebody got away with this. You know, they should know that this can happen, and we should be looking out for each other. Frankly, mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, absolutely. So this was August fourth that everything blew up. By August fifth, King underscore Romilly on Twitter. The author's Twitter account returned as account doesn't exist, so they Ah. nuked their Twitter account real quick. Um, By August 6th, two days later, the confirmed list of plagiarized fix had expanded. From the same author? Same author. Okay. (gasps) Yeah, I knew they had to have a racket, because that has to be the easiest money you ever made. Mm -hmm. Just copy-paste a fic that... Yeah, and then, yeah, of course. Anyway, continue, sorry. Yeah. Um, Paid to Neil was the fic stolen from uh, Dean Cass fic. Then there was Paid to Take Control, uh, which was identified as You've Built Your Wall So High by Fanny Von Fabulous. It's an MCU Steve Tony fic. For the record, still up on Amazon, Amazon UK, Audible, and Audible UK. Still up for sale. Mm. Handled books one and two are confirmed to be... From the conventional psychopathy verse by Maya Lane. This is also a Dean Cass fic. The Handled Book 1, the Handled Trilogy, the Handled Book 1 audiobook are still up on Amazon, Amazon UK, Audible, Audible UK. All three Handled books are available on Walmart.com. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it looks like they're still all available for purchase on walmart.com if you look them up. So with these confirmed to be plagiarized, a call was put out to scour more books and compare them to more pieces of fan fiction. Basically, if you've read BDSM in any fandom, Kokum Royley on Twitter, Unforth on Tumblr, along with Nickelkeep on Tumblr, put the call out for people to start comparing these things. Um, People who had Kindle Unlimited accounts stepped up to volunteer their accounts so that people could actually read um, Romilly King's books and start comparing them. 
Myelaine, who who was also stolen for, put out like specifically a call for Hannibal readers because as they were reading King's stuff, it looked like the phrasing felt familiar and some of the characters live in the same area, that sort of thing. So they are still trying to narrow down where these might have come from. Romilly King really only appeared in summer of 2020 and then bam, put out book after book after book. And their first blog post, which I gave to Bliss, has some sort of arrow pointing as to where fandoms might look for plagiarized content. Hmm. Yeah, so the first paragraph of their blog post says, uh, and I apologize, they do use some appropriate language at the end of this paragraph, so... I am very sorry to all First Nations and Native Americans who might be offended by the term spirit animal. Oh Um, no. Oh dear. But so they go on to say, Once upon a time, I love James T. Kirk. I love Han Solo forever, my scruffy nerf herder. I loved Spike and Giles and Willow long, long ago. I loved Hal and Roger. I bow to Shuri and all the black women of Wakanda. (laughs) I adore Christina Yang. Miranda Bailey and Boo from Monsters, Inc. is my spirit animal. I still love Peggy Carter, Jody Mills, and Pepper Potts. So that's a wide range yeah, in of fact, I'm fandom IP. Big check energy. Because <laughs> I that's, that's a very, have a fic that's kind of popular. I was literally just about to say that Kelty wrote a quite famous BDSM AU fic, actually, in a major fandom. Oh. I didn't know that Whoa. this was specifically <laughs> BDSM AU plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> that, that suddenly bumps this up on our our priority list. I may be entitled to money. I mean, but are you? Like, that's the thing. I, I can't imagine that these people, these authors, have any, like, legal recourse. Uh, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to cover... Uh, few more points here. Yeah, a few of these, yeah, um, you're right, are still up on Amazon, as I check right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, King put out more than 20 works from when they appeared in, in summer of 2020. And they have a Goodreads page. They do. Yeah, um, yeah, that with, with thousands of reviews. Wow! I had no idea! Fucking, like, self-published romance on Amazon got that much traffic! Yeah, I mean, if, if you pump out a novel a month, it sure does. And this seemed to be what their plan was, to continue putting out novels as fast as they could. Always be posting. So, the fandom has, has come together. It, it's been a little quiet for a while, ever since those first few fix were um, pinpointed as being plagiarized. There are some live running documents, links, file shares. There's a Discord trying to compare some of the information. They still want people to be comparing the summaries of the books to any of the fix that they know. So, so Twitter, by way of questioning what was going on and exploring what was happening here, took a little bit of a look at Romilly King and the people that Romilly King worked with. As we said before, the books were put out on KDP, Kindle Unlimited, so these didn't go through a publishing house. However, Romilly King's works were edited, uh, at least some of them were, a few of them, by someone named Emma J., and they were narrated on Audible by Gavin McAllister. 
So Gavin McAllister is on Twitter and did hear about this, and kudos to him for immediately taking some action. So Gavin McAllister tweets, In the wake of the plagiarism claims and subsequent proof, I have emailed acx.com, so they have emailed the audiobook creationexchange.com and audible.com, requesting the removal of Paid to Kneel by Ramilly King and the Duplicit Agency Bundle. So just the subsequent titles. Um, I'm also discussing with my distributor to remove additional audio titles. And then he includes the email he sent to Audible. It's worth noting that because he stepped up and did this, he's going to suffer financially from whatever books aren't sold, you know? So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in this discussion on Twitter, a bit of a dogpile happens. Of course it do. Because Emma J was spotted as having edited for Ramilly King before, somebody said, should we take a look at this person if they have anything to do with the plagiarism? Emma J steps up and says, whoa, 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 I had nothing to do with this. I'm an editor of this person's fiction. It doesn't mean that I had any idea they were stealing. Um, I am an editor in my real life job. I can confirm for you that you don't always get a chance to pick your writers. Even when you're freelance, you sort of pick a a field that you're comfortable with. And there's no way that you would know if somebody had plagiarized the source material that they're having you edit. Just confirming that, you know? Mm -hmm. So because Emma J also edited for another writer named Nero Seal. Nero Seal was then (laughs) interrogated on Twitter as well. Because Nero Seal has a few books put out, one of their books, I guess, sounded familiar as a fanfic setting to somebody, and they were also called out on Twitter. And to their credit as well, they popped up and said, no, 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 I had nothing to do with this just because we're in the same circles doesn't mean that I am a plagiarist as well. You guys are getting out the pitchforks way too fast here. Yeah. Bliss has the the statement from Nero Seal. So the statement uh, includes, So someone on Twitter blatantly accused me of a possible plagiarism based on the fact that my blurb, blurb people, <laughs> uh, crying laugh emojis, sounded vaguely familiar to some fanfic they've read. I am both furious and amused at the same time because of all authors with similar blurbs, there are millions. They chose probably the slowest author on earth. See the irony? Three laugh cry emojis. People who plagiarize normally do it to crank out books fast, which I definitely don't. And that is an important point here. Um... Nero Seal is sort of saying the quiet part loud there that Ramilly King quite possibly pumped out so many works because X number of them have been plagiarized. Now we again are not at the point of confirming that every single one of them have been, but we've got four works that came from three separate pieces of fan fiction. So there's a trend there and it seems like that could you know possibly be what's going on. Kokum royally made sure to RT this on Twitter to make sure that people didn't dogpile on those who had worked near or around or with Romilly King. 
let's not drag people who have nothing to do with King's plagiarism. These are not the authors we're looking for. I beg you to focus on finding the authors plagiarized by King and to support anyone wronged by King's actions. And and, and, and that's that's worth diving into because there were a few pieces of real press that came out about the Ramoli King incident. Mm-hmm. The second article that was published about it on Mary Sue pointed out that a writer who based their fan fiction on King's books <laughs> had to post on AO3 that they had no idea plagiarism was going on. Their intention was not to, you know, partake in that plagiarism by any means. We've got the narrator We've got the editor, we've got other writers in the same circles. We've got people and and websites who have written book reviews for King's works saying, these are good, you should go read them. Wow. And all these people's reputations can be hurt by this. And and it's Romilly King who Uh did this. It it is not any of these Mm -hmm. other people. Right. But it's definitely a trickle down. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it it unfortunately sort of throws a veil of suspicion over people that she's worked with in the past, especially people she's worked with, like, in her capacity as an author. And, like, yeah, there are so many published works out there, you know, air quotes published, like, on AO3, on Wattpad, on Tumblr, on old LiveJournal archives, that the sheer chance that someone read this fic and then sometime later also happened to read this novel published on Amazon and recognize the two is already incredible. <laughs> like the odds of that happening are already astronomically small. And yeah, like yeah. there's I wouldn't be surprised if if most of her works are plagiarized in some way. I feel real bad for that fanfic writer writing stuff based off Romilly King, though. That sucks. That yeah, does. Could you imagine finding that out? That would break my heart. <laughs> that your fandom of choice was plagiarized by another from another fandom? Yeah, yeah, that would break my heart. I'd feel terrible. It's a hard choice. Like, do you leave it up because you're, you are in fact innocent in this ordeal? Or, or do you take it down? Yeah, I mean, I think I would. Because, again, I have not by writing a fic, by writing a fanfic and posting it for free based on content that was stolen, I have not made a profit on that. I'd probably see what the fanfic that I wrote, like, which fandom it was based on, and just kind of go and edit the fanfic. <laughs> That's probably what I'd do, is see yeah. if I could reskin it. Be like... <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, no, okay, I'll just make it a supernatural fic, whatever. Fuck you people. So, currently, as it stands, there's, again, it's pretty quiet, sadly. But I imagine some folks are are still looking to compare fics to the works. Uh, Again, there's a Discord where people are doing that. There's records. If you go to either Kokum Royley on Twitter or Unforth on Tumblr. They do have posts about this that have been updated a few times. So Romilly King themselves, their Twitter was the first to disappear. Their official Facebook page was gone shortly after. There's an 
unofficial Facebook page about their their writing that um has a few scathing comments mm-hmm. on it now. I personally noticed, and this may have happened earlier, um, but I noticed on August 14th that RomilliKing.com was taken Ooh. offline. Their Instagram still remains live. Unfortunately, people are dropping comments on their cat, like, is this your cat or did you copy-paste it? <laughs> Devastating. <laughs> That'll show up. Yeah. Uh, and several books and audiobooks remain on Amazon. And again, on Walmart and on Audible, they are—they all seem to still be for sale. So, Ramilly King could conceivably continue making money off of this. And Walmart don't care. <laughs> their their Instagram hasn't been updated for over a year, though. So it sounds seems like they don't use it too much. Yeah. If in fact they don't, <laughs> if they don't continue posting under this name, which I'm sure we all would agree would be unwise for them to continue posting under this name because it would be under a great deal of scrutiny there um some people who have published on kdp before have pointed out that they could come back under another username and um yeah if they needed to if, if they were blocked out by amazon because of the plagiarism all they would have to do is use a relative's tax ID number, you know, or, or, or social security number to make another account and continue making money. So they could conceivably remake and continue doing this to people mm-hmm. and continue making victims of any of us in their chosen, you know, BDSM or, or romance or whatever they choose to quote unquote write mm-hmm. next. Media coverage has included The Daily Dot, Mary Sue, Plagiarism Today, and a Danish webpage called Sound Venue. So this has gotten a little bit of press. I'm sorry, there's a there's a news venue called Plagiarism Today? Uh, yes, <laughs> Plagiarism Today. It's a really good article, actually, and that's where we kind of get into dealing with the the legal issues here. Oh, that is what the screenshot is. <laughs> yeah, erotic romance author accused of plagiarism from fanfiction. This is by uh, Jonathan Bailey on Plagiarism Today. And they make some important points about, you know, why Bluejack was able to submit a plagiarism claim to Amazon and what will happen going forward with Remily King and... Um, you know, the profits probably not coming back to any of the fanfic writers who were stolen from. Of course not, yeah. So they say, the reason is that fanfiction works are not authorized creations. Fanfiction authors don't own the characters and stories they base their works on. At most, they have a non-exclusive license to use those elements for non-commercial purposes. However, they do own any original expression that they bring into the work. Most important for this case, that includes the exact words that were used to express their ideas. That, in turn, appears to be a large part of why Bluejack was able to file a claim with Amazon and get the book pulled. However, if the plagiarism had been more limited or more vague, it could have gone very differently. For one, it's possible the plagiarism might not have incorporated any elements that can be protected by copyright. Second, it might have only involved elements that Bluejack didn't own. However, 
That was clearly not the case here. But this won't be the last time someone plagiarizes fanfiction for commercial gain, and the next one may not have as neat of an outcome. So, which is fair. So, that's fair and true. What happened was <laughs> is that the fanfic writer doesn't own any of the intellectual property elements of their writing. All they own is the specific prose that they have employed. Right. Okay. Yes. Well, and that's why most um, showrunners or writers aren't technically legally supposed to read fanfiction because mm-hmm. they could be accused of stealing that IP if they were to somehow incorporate that into a storyline in whatever show or project they're working yeah. on. So, like, you can send your fanfiction all day to showrunners people, but I don't guarantee it's going to get read. They almost never read it exactly for that reason, because if they just, even unintentionally, if they just sort of use some verbiage or something or whatever that was written in that fic later in the show, that is plagiarism, and especially it's plagiarism that I think would be pretty easily actionable in a legal sense. So that's that's an interesting distinction to make. Well, and I guess there's also a reason why we have to remember, like, back in the day, back in early days, anyway, I don't see it as much anymore. We used to have to tag figs with, um, you know, I do not own these characters or these characters exclusively belong mm-hmm. to so-and-so. Well, because AO3, basically, it's an implied. Mm-hmm. Well, and they have a legal team. Like, the the law is kind of settled on this now, that if it's not for profit, then, like, there's no real, like, loss of revenue. It's hard to claim that there have been damages, you know? Aside from just, they used my IP without permission. Mm-hmm. Now, another interesting part of this Plagiarism Today article uh, was that it mentioned something I personally had never heard of before. Uh, Though there have been some attempts to legitimize commercial fanfiction, such as Kindle Worlds in 2013, those efforts have largely been short-lived and the fanfiction community remains almost entirely free of commercialization. So you're familiar with this? Because I had never heard of it before. Yes, Kindle (laughs) Worlds was a crazy little experiment. Yeah, so basically the, the concept was that as part of Amazon Publishing, they would permit fanfiction of certain properties that they had gotten permission to use to be sold for a profit. And there's actually, there's a, there's a fun little story here, actually, yeah. that, that I can go into. You could only sell fanfiction that they had gotten, like, the okay from the parent company to sell fanfiction of this intellectual property for, for a profit. Um, it didn't last long. It got shut down in August of 2018 with apparently, like, very little warning. Mm-hmm. Just sort of one day, you know, you got an email in your inbox. And a lot of people, like, made not insubstantial money off of off of this Kindle Worlds venture. So, yeah, according to Wikipedia, uh, stories hosted on the service were required to abide by some restrictions, including a ban on pornographic or offensive content and copyright violations. The stories must be correctly formatted and were prohibited from using misleading titles. So some of the uh, very limited amount of titles that you could post fanfiction of, or sell fanfiction of, were uh, Veronica Mars, Gossip Girl, Pretty Little Liars, G.I. Joe, of all things, (laughs) The Mongoliad, 
or the the Foreworld saga, which I wasn't aware of by Neil Stevenson. Okay. That one, that one's interesting to me. Ravenswood, Vampire Diaries, Valiant Comics. So anything under Valiant Comics. This is a fun little aside. So, uh, do we all know about the Vampire Diaries? What they are? Yeah. I have only, I only know of it as a CW show. Yes. So it is a CW show, which was brought to market in, like, I think 2009 or 2010, the first season at least. Sort of in the heyday of the Twilight Mania. Yeah. Like, as an attempt to capitalize on that market trend. You know, it's about a beautiful high schooler and the two vampires fighting over her. It's it's very reminiscent of Twilight. But in fact, the books were first written in the early 90s. The books that the series, that the CW show is based on were written in the early 90s by L.J. Smith. They were a result of, like, what's called book packaging. So basically, someone, like a, a publisher or whatever, decides they want a certain kind of book. And then they go find someone to write that for them. Mm-hmm. Which is what happened uh, with the Vampire Diaries at a company called Alloy Entertainment, which also owns Pretty Little Liars and Gossip Girl, which is why you could sell fanfiction of those on Kindle Worlds, because... Alloy Entertainment allowed Amazon to use, I think, all of their IP for this project. And so basically what happens, uh, in a long story short, is that because there's like a love triangle of the main girl and the two vampires fighting over her, who are also brothers, just because, um, one's like the good guy, you know, and one's the dangerous bad boy. Yeah. And... As you do. Yeah, it's very basic that way. It's, <laughs> but it's for teenagers, um, it's fine. So she writes these, she's writing these books. She writes the first seven, L.J. Smith. And they're kind of noticing that she is going to write the story in a way that Alloy Entertainment are not wanting. Like, there's there's basically teams, you know, like Team Edward and T- Team Jacob. And she is going with the team that most of the fandom does not want, I think. Or something. No, I think the fandom actually did want... Okay. It was that Alloy Entertainment didn't want. I don't know. Basically, uh, L.J. Smith is going to end it with the girl ending up with the bad boy vampire, and her her bosses don't like that, and so she's fired, and she doesn't own any of the IP or copyright to these characters. Wow. She doesn't get to finish uh, her her series, and yeah, they just are later written books. Eight, nine, and ten are written by an unknown ghostwriter, like, still uncredited. And then books 11 through 13 are written by uh, another author, Aubrey Clark. So, um, that happened. And a lot of original fans of the books and the series, too, because, like, the, the books came back when the show came back. Like, they started writing them again. And... You know, people were like, wow, that's that's incredibly unfair. She did all this work. She wrote this whole series for you. She built this whole world kind of from the ground up. Like, she wasn't given guidance on, like, you know, characters or plot. It was just kind of, we want a vampire romance series. Go make one. So eventually she does, like, post her her unused, unfinished works for this series. And then later, because... Kindle Worlds happens, and you are able to sell fanfiction of this these very limited fandoms 
for money, she posts her work to Kindle Worlds. Oh. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Which is just... This, this, I couldn't for write irony better than that. No, I love like, that. That's amazing. Oh, I love that for her. Yeah, that's, me too. That's I like, like I fangirl. That's this the story ends. Now. Yeah, <laughs> like I and I have to give credit. All of this I learned from Jenny Nicholson's video on the Vampire Diaries television show. Yes. Um, I would not have heard about this in in, in any other way. So just never if you seen are, a single episode. If you are more interested in that story, go watch that video. It's very funny and you know. Very if, informative. If you kind of like to hate watch CW shows, a lot of her commentary on the Vampire Diaries kind of applies to any CW show because they have a very specific way they that they write and produce their television shows. There's a really great line. CW shows. <laughs> then you should watch Jenny Nicholson's video on the Vampire Diaries because it's very funny and hashtag relatable. There's a really good line that she says. That hit me so hard about Supernatural that I, like, cried a little bit. (laughs) But she was talking about how Vampire Diaries, how CW likes to paint itself into a corner. And then when they realize they've painted themselves into a corner, they go, oh well, and then walk across the paint, ruining it. And They don't care. (laughs) The way that she said that was so visceral and real, and I was just like, oh god, it is, it is everything that CW ever does. It's It's just walk across that paint and ruin it. I feel that pretty deeply. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And this, I I guess I want to propose as a possible safety measure to other fanfic writers is um the the one time that i was plagiarized um me and a co-author were plagiarized our fic was incredibly popular and it was copy pasted chapter by chapter off of ao3 and onto wattpad yeah oh that that sort of level of plagiarism and um my i had google alerts for randomized lines of my fix set up so that if that ever happened, it would ping. And and those Google alerts do ping from time to time. And normally it's like a Russian PDF reposting website. And, God you know, they've literally... Russian yeah, fandom. Yeah, they've literally downloaded PDFs off of AO3 and reposted them under a fucking paywall (laughs) so i will only get it off of the the blurb the summary of the fanfic and i will send them a dmca not that they fucking read it or respond or anything like that but Mm -hmm. that is a possible preventative measure that i do advocate some fanfic writers take no that's a good tip that is a good tip fucking just i guess it matters how much you care how much you're willing to fight for what hill you're willing to die on that day Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know what would help with any of this is for fandom to stand up for itself and for us to stand up for each other a little more. You know, to knock back anybody who reposts fan art with the tags taken off or or with the watermarks taken off or blurred out or whatever. For us to be, again, like what we're doing with this pod today, boosting these stories so that people feel a little less safe ripping us off Mm -hmm. in fandom. Absolutely. I think it's very easy 
or people assume it's very easy anyway to just steal somebody's work and get away with it because a lot of the time i mean fucking kelty you don't know if your work got stolen you're not out here reading this romance novel (laughs) series exactly and like i posted it for free it's been it's been translated like 12 times and (laughs) into a bunch of different languages so for all I know, it's it's plagiarized. It's on sale in Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kudos, by the way, like big ups to the original person who brought it to Blue Jack's attention. Like, of course, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we should all be doing that. <laughs> yeah, and and Kokum has also, in the midst of these posts, also retweeted another author alexander voinov who says okay i'm getting plagiarized some asshole has uploaded special forces volume three to amazon this is a free story um available on weebly.com they're using my author name but this isn't my account i've reported this to amazon and submitted a one-star review so you know this is happening outside of fandom as well and it could be pointing i don't i don't think we've mentioned this enough it could be pointing to big systemic issues with Amazon as well. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is, mm-hmm. yeah, this is something that they're not looking out for other content creators. Not that they ever fucking would. We need to be looking out for ourselves to pick up that slack. Fucking Jeffrey Bezos doesn't no, care. No, I mean, of yeah, course yeah. they don't care. And if they, if they are going to care, they're not going to care for self-published smut writers. Like, <laughs> yeah, Amazon... So long as Amazon gets its cut, I don't think they care if they're, st- if they're selling stolen IP. They don't care if they're selling actual stolen products most mm. of the time. Yeah, we live in a society. We do. More and <laughs> more, we live in a... This is going to sound real douchey. We live in, like, a techno feudal society we live in a society that is now technologically very advanced but like regressing more and more toward a sort of feudalism or like a privatization so severe that it's kind of like living in a company town back in the day sold my soul to the company store yeah you don't even get paid in money you just get paid in credit to the company Uh (laughs) i guess the moral of the story is that we all need to as people participating in fandom watch out for each other's backs. Not that that's going to happen as much as I'd like to see it happen in the state of the war, big air quotes. But hopefully we could all get together and watch out for each other. I am interested in the idea that, like, could Blue Jack sue this person? Um, I mean, according to that plagiarism... Dot com. Plagiarism today? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it's legally distinct enough thematically that they could potentially take it to court if they wanted That's to. That's interesting because That's as interesting. this idea of like direct-to-digital publishing gets more mainstream, and it really has gotten mainstream in the past few years, and people writing these like fanfic style like super specific tropes for people who want like exactly one thing mm-hmm. like yeah these like bdsm type stories or these romance stories where someone is a werewolf shifter or things like that or these weird dinosaur erotica stories that exist and like people just so badly want just like this one specific thing and someone out there is willing to write it for them and charge them, you know, a buck ninety nine or whatever to read it. I think obviously this will happen more and more. 
of people stealing work and then selling it work that was otherwise free or not for profit, potentially even fan fiction, that authors own, but not the intellectual property rights to it. They just own the rights to the prose. Yeah. And seeing that go to court, as I think it will inevitably, will be fascinating. I think, frankly, that if Romilly King emerges from somewhere, and again, it's it's worth mentioning, Romilly King hasn't put out a statement, hasn't made an apology, hasn't surfaced in any way, shape, or form. We have not heard from this person. They have just steadily disappeared their online presence. Mm-hmm. If this just person just gone to ground emerges, and is going to come up with another, yeah. If they emerge at all in in the hierarchy of people who could get recompense for this happening, I think it would be other people whose material income we've established can be hurt by this, namely somebody like the Audible narrator mm-hmm. who willingly asked for the work to be removed because this impacts his paycheck. This was his paycheck. He has now been screwed by Ramilly King. And probably if anybody could take King to court, it would be that person. It would be quite possibly the editor who was pitchforked a little on Twitter, you know, and who who may have her reputation damaged simply by working with King. And, and we don't even know that they really know each other. Y- you know, it could have just been a contract job um, for editing alone. And boiling it back down to the fanfiction issue, at least it seems from the Plagiarism Today article, Blue Jack can file a claim to get the work removed and to stop King from profiting from that specific work but it does not seem like they can then get any recompense from it i i think if they could (laughs) that would be an issue for the professionals who look into this which ao3 has those kind of people on on staff to to help with those fandom issues so i just personally my personal issue here is support ao3 please do support AO3. Yep. Support each other. Support AO3. Watch out for each other's backs, y'all. If you see your friend's fan art being posted on Instagram, let your friend know. If uh, you see your friend's TikTok on YouTube, let your friend know. If you read a romance (laughs) novel that sounds exactly like some fan fiction you read, maybe go and leave a comment on that fan fiction. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but otherwise, y'all, do you think we talked about the thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose. Yeah. I think this was an about- interesting one. It's it's one to watch out for. I, I doubt this will be the last instance of this occurring. Um, well, y'all, do any of y'all have a happy? Well, I keep playing Power Wash Simulator. Uh, which Power is Wash on, Simulator. Yeah, it's exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> it's in early release on Steam, and um, you can play it with mouse and keyboard or with the controller. 
and it's great. The replay value is pretty high, and because it's early release, they're putting out new things. Like, they just added time challenges to it, and also, like, water challenges. So, so you know, like, use the least amount of water that you possibly can. It's it, that and sounds adorable. It is. It's great. And I hate that I like it so much because it's, like, simulating physical labor. I know. <laughs> it sounds so bad. It's funny because, like... I remember I found actually one of my favorite games to play when I'm like stressed is House Flipper, which is also just an early release Steam game where you like clean and flip a house and then sell it to a family. And like, it's just, it's just monotonous. And I love it. I think it's great. But I remember I found it through Game Grumps, and there's this moment where Dan Avadon goes, Who is this for? And Kendra and I both in unison were like, Me, it's for me. I don't really have a specific happy. I very much enjoyed yesterday. I participated in a five-hour-long roundtable discussion with some, I guess you could call them prominent names, prominent pro-ship names. Um, prominent, <laughs> large quotes. Uh, how they would define what pro-shipping is and antis in, um, in the current state of fandom discourse. In the discourse. Yeah, the discourse, mm-hmm. the war. Join the conversation. I had a lot of fun. It was a good conversation. I enjoyed talking with a lot of people that I've engaged with online lately. So that was yeah, fun Yeah, that for sounds me. nice. It's all on YouTube if you want to watch all five hours of us drinking and talking about the difference between what is uh, censorship and what isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a link on the Twitter. <laughs> But yeah, I guess that does it for us this week then. Thank you, Major, for coming and presenting us this one. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you, Major. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And um, big congratulations, by the way, Supernatural. Dean cast specifically shippers. Uh, You did it. You You published a lot of congratulations. The most. And then until next week, if you'd like to find us online, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Blissfully Show. I post links to our YouTube videos there. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi, hello, give us a like, a comment, a subscribe. I don't think they have a bell to ring anymore. I don't know if they do ring it. Oh, thank God. (laughs) <laughs> do do the engagement. Do whatever is the most engagement, please, and thank Make you. Make the engagement happen. Would appreciate. Um, <laughs> please. If you ever have a topic you'd like us to discuss, please reach out across any of the platforms. Let us know. Happy to accommodate. <laughs> and until next time, bye! Bye-bye! Bye. You merely adopted the Omegaverse. I was born to it. Bred to it. That was our first episode. Yeah, people. Yeah, when we fucking covered the stupid fucking... Yeah. Omegaverse lost. Yeah.